what I noticed was very difficult for me was to delegate and <laughs> and work um, very effectively as, as a team. Um, since, you know, I have that kind of thing that I usually tend to do everything myself and then yeah. <laughs> uh, it's it's not a very sustainable option. So that's been kind of my maybe biggest learning uh, through it all, but also because we've been uh, active in over 30 countries is to um, learn about different cultures and now being more kind of uh, comfortable in going to whatever country and working with whatever kind of people. And I think that's a great resource as well. Hello and welcome to the Broad Mindset Podcast. Your host is me, Asteria Ambatapirolla. I'm so excited to finally be broadcasting this show and hosting it all the way from Milan, Italy. Journey along with me together with an exclusive list of guests who are thought leaders, academics, creators, entrepreneurs, and scientists, all starting us off from the Namibian landscape. What are we talking about? Everything as it pertains to doing things better and mentally elevated to bring forth the best versions of ourselves in their respective industries. So listen along and hit the subscribe button or simply share an episode that deeply resonated with you. Speak soon. Ciao. I think uh, the best point to start is just introductions. Um, mm-hmm. what, what you do, you already know your name. Your organization, your purpose, your mission, how you got started. Um, yeah, just run with it. Yeah, okay. Sounds good. So, hi, I'm, um, I'm a 29-year-old 20, entrepreneur from Finland. And um, I have real passion for entrepreneurship, but sustainable development and education as well. And I think that came from my parents being both entrepreneurs when I was young. And uh, of course, now when I got, uh, got a bit older, noticed that uh, there's a big issue in sustainable development and, and for us to actually achieve achieve the sustainability goals that we have, have set. Yeah. So, yeah, I've kind of been, from kind of experience standpoint, been centrally involved in shaping kind of the Finnish startup ecosystem, um, been founding different ventures. First, I think um, I founded a restaurant then different e-commerce businesses, and now I'm mostly doing private consulting. And um, yeah, last year has been focusing heavily on on kind of the African continent with an NGO we founded uh, called Ambitious Africa. And um, the idea with that is to be a youth network between the Nordic and African countries, pool a lot of ambitious young people um, together and then create uh, programs and ventures that can create a better future uh, for all. And um, yeah, that has been taking most of, most of my time the last, last couple of years. And we have had over 1,500 volunteers and we have implemented over 30, I think over 30 entrepreneurship programs uh, in the last two years. Wow. So. So that's been my um, last last couple of years. So that's kind of in a nutshell my my background. I love the fact that you said that your, both your parents were or are wait they were uh, entrepreneurs. 
So did that have a very strong influence in you going down the entrepreneurship route? Did you envision doing yeah. that? Yeah. Um, hmm. Yeah, my, my dad is still an entrepreneur. Um, but I think, I think he is also the biggest inspiration for me. Um, not because he was so successful doing it. I think it's a yeah. bit the opposite, actually. Yeah. So I, I was always, uh, you know, very uh, kind of a, <laughs> and I know it all when I was a bit younger. So um, I thought that, and I was very analytical, I think, and, and, and observed a lot what was happening around me. So I thought that I could do stuff better than him. <laughs> and I think, honestly, that was, that was one of the biggest motivations um for me um and also because when you're in that environment and you observe and you reflect uh, you actually i think are put in those experiences uh, of course in a bit of a different role but i think you learn a lot through that so um yeah. i'm not sure if i had a choice in the end yeah. if you believe in free will yeah <laughs> interesting i think uh, we share a bit of similarities there um Although my dad had um, a full-time job, he was always doing like stuff on the side, and the stuff on the side was very evident in like growing up as well. But mm. I guess in part we we were instilled with um, the values, the core values of really just working hard, and mm. like the value of the dollar, and just although you have your um, your full-time job, you are still trying to like find other avenues to bring in income and I never even actually thought I would wanted to get into entrepreneurship but seeing some of the things like growing up um, also widened my scope to say that okay you can actually have different paths of earning an income so mm. that's quite interesting to, to that's that's interesting and I also think uh, that can be a bit problematic as well which is quite evident in people doing yes. like hundred, hundred different things. And, and, um, I think there's also a bit of a contradictory beliefs in, in the, in the startup culture in yes. that, uh, some say that you, you have to, you know, try out a lot, like the lean startup method. You have to just see what works yes. and experiment a lot. But then I think you should also confine that into maybe one side hustle or maybe like, uh, um, one company within that company, you can you can do this uh, testing. But then I see a lot of people doing just like they're part of everything. And then yeah. what, what happens is that they don't put enough energy and resources uh, so that any any of those can actually become a viable business and, and provide some livelihood. So. Yeah. Um, but I'm curious, what kind of side hustles uh, did you grow up like seeing? It's mostly um, the one that really nearly took off which I, I don't think he really had as much support. It was um, a call center uh, call center area, but mm -hmm. it was like situated in an informal settlement, informal settlement part of Ventuk. And mm -hmm. the idea from what I, what I grew up watching, because um, he got even like a lot of funding and I don't know where he got the funding from, like, <laughs> Like, he got computers and tables and chairs, like, to set up the whole thing. But then it was allowed to drive customers to actually want to, you know, to have their call center, call center companies situated there, I suppose. So it was a bit of experimenting, a bit of um, just, like, 
you know, head in the clouds, like I'm going to start a business. And that has, in part, I think also influenced me because I try to be, to remain as grounded as possible. Because mm. <laughs> also, of course, I think of a creative person. <laughs> you want to do everything, but you really can't do everything. Mm. So you try to just, um, you know, play to your strengths. What are you really, really good at? And that took me so long to actually um, harness because I, I, you know, you, you'd like to think that you're good at a lot of things, but if you really honestly sit with yourself and get to, you know, you're going to the specifics of, okay, what have you been able to help you? What skill have you developed? How did you apply it? You actually get to realize that you may just be good at two things, which if you're good at more than two things, think you're above average um, intellect. And that really gave me also insight to say, okay, I'm going to just focus on one thing. And what I've really realized is that strategizing and actually just strategizing, creating nothing out of creating something out of nothing is what comes natural to me. And I, I started doing that. Um, and that started also when I had my first little company, which really took off surprisingly. And it was just playing to my strength. And over the years, I ended up just you know, not doing things that are not within alignment to my strengths. Mm. Um, yeah, that's quite interesting also if you think about uh, depending on what you would actually want, want to achieve and, and uh, what kind of company you would like to pursue. It's also very interesting in how you actually form a team that actually complements each other and, and uh and you actually form that kind of operational side through the lens of the skills uh, and kind of intrinsic motivations that the founders or, or early workers actually have. Exactly. And speaking of strengths, um, the next point I wanted to ask, um, you said your organization has been in operation for two years, for the past two years. What strengths have you harnessed to facilitate and um, supposing we have remote teams as well that you have to manage from Finland. Um, <laughs> what have you been able to tap into to better communicate to right clicking print as well? Yeah, yeah I, I think it's just like a myriad of, of things. Um, I think all of us that has been really central and in the operations have learned like so much more than in like five years of university or um or doing different internships for big corporations i think it's um it's something you learn every day it's because you if you have like big challenges or big goals it's uh evidently you're gonna run so fast that you're gonna hit almost every wall <laughs> during the path yeah. and uh i think that I think primarily, I think the biggest learning, I think, is, is the ability to actually hit that wall and, and get up and, and start um, yeah. kind of first walking or, or and then running again and, and not, yeah. not losing that kind of spirit. But I think yeah. what for me especially has been, uh, what I noticed was very difficult for me was to delegate and, <laughs> and work yeah. um, very effectively as, as a team. Um, since, you know, I have that kind of thing that I usually tend to do everything myself and then, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's, it's not a very sustainable option. So that's been kind of my maybe biggest 
learning uh, through it all, but also because we've been uh, active in over 30 countries, is to um, learn about different cultures and now being more kind of uh, comfortable in going to whatever country and working with whatever kind of people. And I think that's a great resource as well. Yeah. And not to segue away from the main focus of the conversation, but I can imagine how cultures also come to play. Any countries, different mm-hmm. landscapes, different people, different mindsets. Yeah. So that's, that's interesting. I think the mindset question is, is an, a kind of how culture and how education really impacts, you know, the, the mindset is, is yeah. a very distinctive element, I see. Um, but, um, and also kind of the inclination an attitude towards entrepreneurship at, at large and taking risks and is the culture actually affected by kind of um, the perception of, of, you know, you have, you have, let's say, uh, 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 or you're very kind of considerate of, of how you are perceived, for example. And, and if you kind of fail, that might, that might mean that uh, socially, yeah. you know, <laughs> you have a lot sense. of implications. So, yeah. yeah, so it's very interesting. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> interesting. I think um, just just to go back a bit when you said um, yeah. you know the fact that you if you hit a wall that you have to stand up and get up. And unfortunately, what I've what I've observed, um, especially in this age, in, in our age, is a lot of people are they would venture towards something with very with not very realistic expectations. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm going to start a, I'm going to create a startup. I'm going to make a lot of money. I'm going to be famous. <laughs> like your ego is so, so at the core of you starting the, the business instead of actually what you're saying, mm-hmm. what, what you're trying to solve for. And I think in our previous conversations as well, which is timely, like there's a lot of things that can drive you to hit the wall. Um, it's not just running the business. You have so many teams as well. It's managing that team. It's emotional intelligence. So all of that requires a lot of energy, a lot of mental energy. And a lot of founders and CEOs end up, for example, getting burned out. I've had my fair share of experiences with burning out. I would love us to move the conversation to that direction as to what your experiences have been, how mm. you can advise another um, founder, for example, to not hit the wall in that way. Um, yeah, let's take it from there. Yeah, uh, there was a lot of different <laughs> topics I did, I did discuss about. Um, I would love to dive into all of them. Um, yeah. Not sure if you have the time, but I think when it no, comes no. to founders, um, I think we have to be very realistic in kind of the amount of energy we have. Um, the kind of energy we have as, as, as people uh, towards different things, what are things to actually drain your energy, what is things to actually give you energy uh, kind of on a personal level. And I think that encompasses not only the company and many founders, I think, uh, including me, gets burned out because they are not paying attention to the other components in their life. And they're putting, you know, they're thinking that it's actually effective to put all of it into building this company or whatever. Um, yeah. and you're not this kind of Silicon Valley, uh, freak, Elon Musk, if you don't do it, but yeah. if you kind of don't include, um, kind of these 
alien people that are kind of one in a million that kind of yeah. have have some psychological traits that allows them to actually put that amount of work and that amount of sleep in the same package and actually live and not maybe even physically die of it. Um, I think we have to be very aware of what kind of energy we have because if you, as I noticed with myself, if you put even like 10, 20% more in, in the kind of the time wise and, 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 and intensity wise into what you're doing, um, it will backfire. And, you know, we have a thing called CISO here in Finland, which is, which is kind of exactly that. It's like the grit, you know, you just have to push through. Yeah. Um, and that works for a while, but in this kind of modern era, it's, it's, it's not a sustainable way. And if you think about, I think we should view it as kind of this short, um, short productivity and long-term productivity. And, uh, yeah. many, many have the kind of short term, you know, we're going to only, you're going to, in one year, we're going to, or even like less, like half year, we're going to be here. We're going to do that and we're going to get to these goals. But if you get to the goals and then you're burnout and you can't work for six months, then it's, uh, and I know many founders that actually are, they're kind of in a constant state of burnout. Um, and I think it's, it's kind of very sad to see, like they can do their things, but they're like <laughs> miserable. And I yeah. think that's, that's just like hor- horrible. And it's like a balance, but I think when it comes to what you said as well, that people have very large expectations and I don't like blame them because like all the media is, uh, it, it kind of focusing on, on the, you know, unicorns and like the people that are kind of this, uh, you know, for example, like Elon Musk or whatever that, yeah. uh, you know, and, and, and romanticize that kind of entrepreneurship. And, uh, but I think we have to be really real, especially when it comes to like first time entrepreneurs as kind of yeah. the research says that it's only like the fourth or fifth time that we actually succeed. Then I think you should go into that mindset that, okay, this first one, we're probably not <laughs> even succeed, yeah. but then like the goal should be to learn and, and to get something out of it that is not a million dollars or whatever. And, um, lose the ego to most, most extent, uh, drop naivety, love the problem of the company that you're doing, because if you don't love the problem that you're trying to solve, then yeah, you know, your motivation is going to run out very soon uh, after the kind of initial hype. Um, so I think that is pro- primarily, I think the, um, biggest. Yeah. And I think it's always interesting to, to observe like first time founders, like not that you're, you know, first time founders being that, you know, you've had your, you've had an experience with, um, to entrepreneurship. Um, you find a lot of people that are very dolly eyed and it's like, oh my God, I'm going to do all this. I'm like, it's amazing. Yes. But that high, it, it needs to be, it needs to be managed because you'll have so many highs and dips and you need to also have strategies to, <laughs> to get out of the dips for you to get on your high. And then next, you, what I've actually come to realize, um, I feel like if I'm really in, in a state of great flow, I try to do as much as possible. So the really hard mental test. And on days where it's like just, it's just so hard to even just think of something creative. I try to like do something else that's like, 
creative project or baking or I'm not a good baker, but mm. I tried. <laughs> just something to, to relax the mind. And mm. that, that type of experiences, I think, needs to be communicated more because, yes, you see somebody who's successful, but the growing pains that that person probably had to go through, majority would drown in them. <laughs> and I think that should be also the focus in, t- in terms of like just advising startup founders. If you're planning to go that, down that route, is it should be all in. And you should also expect that you're going to be hit with a few blows. Um, and you should get up. Mm. Keep a good, great attitude. <laughs> so it's, um, I don't know, now that I'm actually seeing it, seeing it out loud, I think um, it's very ballsy for people to want to, to venture into anything. I think it takes a different type of persona for it to really just, you don't know the path that you're carving, but you're still going towards it. Um, anyway, let me not stay mm. with that. Yeah, no, I think you covered many, many topics here, but I think, yeah, as you said, like going back to what brings you energy and what takes away energy from you and being very um, emotionally intelligent about that um, allows you to kind of build that routine. Not only for some people, it might be a very strict routine. Uh, and for some people that are not that, um, let's say, <laughs> structured in their head or, or want to be that structured, then it can be more impromptu routines what brings me you know in this moment now i feel like i'm actually heading to a bad direction what do i do to counter that and then being very kind and compassionate towards yourself which might also be very very difficult to to achieve um it's also another kind of element of entrepreneurship what i think is is not only something that allows you to work uh, in a sustainable fashion uh, and, and succeed but also which is great element to get a team dynamic to work. And yeah. I think where you said in the last, last, last part is, is that, yeah, I think this then also goes to the kind of thing that no one wants to hear is that it actually means to get actually real <laughs> and, and not prioritize of those five different things that your mind may be as a entrepreneurial minded person. You know, you might think that you're interested in many different things and many different things uh, in different uh, times, but you have to let go and, and, and get real and, and really focus on the on the one thing that has the biggest potential of, of success and brings you also kind of biggest joy through the purpose of the, the, the venture uh, in question. So, but I don't actually believe that much in kind of some people are intrinsically um, entrepreneurs. Um, I think, yes, some might have the composition of uh, genetics, whatever that, uh, that allows them to do it more easily. And maybe in that environment, it's, uh, yeah, it comes with, with less challenges, but I also think that with great education, um, you know, pretty much anyone can become an entrepreneur if you define entrepreneurship as being, being anything from <laughs> freelancer to, uh, entrepreneur in a corporation or like, yeah, so yeah. I think, I think that's the case. Lovely. Okay. Moving on. Um, so you briefly just said freelancer. <laughs> and mm-hmm. um, one of the reasons why I created the podcast is also gives to shed a bit of light in terms of the freelancing world for Africans. I know a lot of people are already doing it through 
platforms such as um, Upwork and Fiverr, but um, bring it at a local level. Um, we have a platform called Billet, and it's been very interesting navigating or rather educating people um, to really understand that freelancing could also bring could also be a potential um, a, a potential avenue for creating employment, especially when you can't secure or you're not able to secure full-time employment if that's what you seek. So having managed the team that you have, um, what do you think, just top of your head, um, what are your thoughts around freelancing for Africans? Um, what what perspectives, perspectives can you can you bring from a Finland, from a Finnish environment into some of the thirty countries that you're working in? Um, yeah, mm, okay. Yeah, actually love this subject. Um, it's I have used many different freelancers also from Africa um, yeah. in in some of the consultancy projects I have done um, in the last couple of years. Uh, so I see the potential uh, a lot. And actually, I now have, um, you know, in a couple of last, last months, I have designed a, a freelance-based program for a refugee camp in, in Kenya to create livelihoods there. So there's a lot, a lot of potential, um, even in that kind of environment. I think it's um, very easy or quite easy. I'm always quite optimistic to work. Um, and I think it goes back to, you know, more traditional entrepreneurship is kind of this horizontal learning, uh, which takes a long, long time to actually create that livelihood or um, the success that you're looking for versus this kind of vertical learning. Um, and I think that's theoretically and I think also practically the fastest way for livelihoods, uh, but it doesn't come with its challenges, which I have noticed like a lot is that if there are no kind of easily digestible and very effective programs that actually teaches how to actually, what are the key skills and, and the kind of operative elements that you need to include in your practice to actually get to that livelihood. And then after that grow that livelihood. And I think many people say in, in kind of traditional entrepreneurship or traditional kind of monetary success is that the first million is nearly impossible to achieve, but after that, it's, it's going to be very easy. Um, so I think this is the same thing with, with, um, freelancing is that the first dollar is very hard to achieve, but after that, yeah. it gets easy. So, um, I think it goes back to education. I think there's a lot of, um, opportunities for development actors, for the government, for educational institutes to develop this, this, this program. Uh, and create this kind of funnel for for um, these opportunities um, that could also provide that kind of equipment if you're actually really interested in video editing, for example. That's not something you can probably do with your own computer. Um, so creating that kind of foundation for these opportunities could be, I think, very um, interesting, coupled with the program of how to actually um, teach that or like uh, how to actually manage those kind of operations. Um, so definitely, yeah, a lot of opportunities there. And what do you see yourself being kind of an entrepreneur in that field? Yeah. Well, my experience is, um, I, could, I, I don't know, like um, 
it may sound like I'm talking a little bit from a high horse, but it's mm-hmm. easier to get to it's easier to actually get a little bit of freelancing jobs in Europe, um, especially if you have a knack for. And I'm putting it at the most simplistic level, like you know, social media management, content creation, um, and Gen Z has really showed us that you know you can can transform your lives just from your bedroom <laughs> and create a whole lot of um, products just from your room or from your house. And I think having that kind of mindset shift to an African or to the African landscape, where most people, for example, have smartphones. You can download Canva and really just start pitching yourself. You obviously, first have to start learning the platform. I think that the, I've I've got to realize that there's a bit of difference in adopting um, new ways of wanting to earn money, new ways of working as well. And um, I think primarily that has been my experiences from having lived in Europe for about five years or so. And I've picked up a lot of jobs because I have. I had previous experiences before I relocated, and I utilized the I utilized all of those skills in a different way to fit the to fit the the times that we're living in, um, and the type where I'm based where I'm based as well, like in Milan, um, the the national language is Italian, so my Italian is not up to par, but what I can or what I've um, was able to leverage was my English speaking abilities. My degrees, my, um, you know, the soft skills, being meticulous, being, you know, flexible as well, and that landed me one of my biggest clients. Um, she's based in Sweden, and it's kind of like just trial and error at first. Um, how I got into freelancing, but I actually got to realize that it fits into the lifestyle that I want to cover for myself because it's centered around flexibility, and that's really just what I'm. Also trying to like show my people that there's smarter ways to work. You don't gotta break your back <laughs> to bring in a dollar. I mean, you will have to do a lot of work too, but times are moving, and we and our work approaches also need to be very reflective of that. Mm. Yeah, I agree with the promise. Uh, like the avenue is there, and it has been kind of utilized by many already. And I think, as you said, that easier to get in in Europe and I think that yeah. probably goes to, goes to kind of the cultural differences and and you know if, if it's something like social media management yeah. I think that is something that is kind of inbound with um, the necessary skills to communicate well with the client and really understand what they need and how to actually develop that and what kind of narratives do you create is really something that not everyone can do uh, and I think that's uh, kind of on the other spectrum of things, but then you have, I think, words that you can do that are not uh, in bond with these elements. And I think here it comes to kind of selecting a, a niche that you can be good at um, and something that you know goes well with your own skills and, and and desires, and then become great at that skills needed through you know nowadays you can do it through online. <laughs> Maybe you can get a mentor and find a way to be kind of different in that. And then after you have a strategy for getting the clients that, you know, are very easy to target or that can get a lot of value from your kind of niche product is 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 really everything that, that is needed really. And I yeah. think that's a great 
really, really great avenue for uh, getting or designing your own life that's both um, great in, in kind of economic terms and then also that you can kind of work from anywhere. So, um, yeah. I love, I love what you said about designing your life, which, I mean, a lot of people think that life just happens to you. Most mm. of the time, you also have you have control to you know whatever hand you you dealt with you you have that you have yeah you have control the ability to actually change the narrative and that's really just what we're doing or at least moving towards is to change the narrative towards work you can create opportunities especially in the digital spectrum and communicating that. With Southern African mm. people and hopefully the rest of the continent, which I think a lot of people, it's, it's also just a general level of curiosity. You need to be curious to want to, you know, to try out new things. I don't know. Yeah. It, it baffles me that a lot of people are like, you just have this one life. Not to be honest, <laughs> like, but you really just have this one life to tap into everything possible. So if you don't flip mm. all the stones, how would you know that you're actually good at something? Yeah. yeah. And I think <laughs> I, I love this quote by, I actually have it as my email signature, is this by Christopher Morley, is that there's only one yeah. success, and that is to be able to spend your life in your own way. Um, but I also think that that comes with a string of challenges as well, because when you get to that point where you can like really design your life and you have overcome the first hurdles and it's also like kind of confusing time and you really have to dig deep down in yourself again like what do you actually want to do where do you want to do it in what way um with whom which is i think one element that many don't really think about like the people that you surround yourself is is i think one of the biggest factors for uh happiness and success um but yeah, definitely, it's it's a new opportunity and, and something that I think most of us can can achieve. Lovely. All right, I think um, we can wrap it up with there. I mean, we're going to have another follow-up conversation in the future, um, hopefully in person. And uh, I'm excited and also just really um, proud of what you're able to achieve within the two years, despite the pandemic know coming working on the African continent and I'm pointing that out particularly because I know the landscape and I know the challenges that comes with some of the landscapes on, on the continent so that also just indicates that there's there's a lot in you and you know if it's if it's an encouraging thought just to keep pushing forward and I think uh, <laughs> that's about it if you have any other closing remarks then we can close the room yeah, no, thank you for inviting me and uh, I think it was a lovely discussion and uh, I hope uh, ho- hope as many listeners can, can, can find your podcast and, and uh, find the great resource that the amazing people that you have invited and have come over, uh, I have to say, so yeah, yeah. thanks. <laughs>